Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I am your host and hopefully your hair mentor, Crystal Green. And it is back to school time already, my friends. I don't know if you can believe it, but I certainly cannot. I literally don't know where the month of August went. I feel like we went to Alaska and then I blinked and school started. So I hope you had a great summer. I'm squeezing every last little drop out of the sunshine and the warm weather while we have it here in Reno. Although I know other parts of the world are just as hot as ever. And, you know, I wanted to do this topic before the season change because I feel like it's really a summer centric topic and it's the topic of sun in. Now, if you are a child of the eighties, like me, you probably had your run in with sun in already. I used this stuff all the time when I was younger and it seemed like magic. So I want to talk to you today about what sun in is, how it works, if it's bad for you, and then also some alternatives out there that you can use that are more um, natural based that actually do provide results. So saddle up sister before we dive into sun in. Hey friend, if you enjoy this podcast, come on, I know you do. If you find value in learning something new about your hair or how to manage your relationship with your hairstylist, please consider helping me make more of these episodes by supporting the podcast and becoming a Your Hair Mentor community member. You may have noticed by now that I don't rep specific hair product brands or advertise specific hair companies on this podcast, and that is because it is 1000% fan supported. That's you, my friend. I do my darndest to give you all the highest quality, most accurate information, but I could not do it without your support. Not only are you supporting the podcast, 
the accompanying graphics and all of my video content you can find on my website, social media, and YouTube, but you get extra perks for becoming a community member. Perks including weekly detailed videos discussing the topics of the week, a monthly live Q&A with me where I give you my thoughts and have an opportunity to answer your burning questions in depth, and you get premium access to any of my live coaching webinars where I give specific instructions on things like braids, styling tips, product usage, the list goes on. By becoming a community member, you get access to the full archive of these videos. You can learn more about becoming a Your Hair Mentor community member at www.yourhairmentor.com forward slash community. Friend, thank you so much for your consideration, and I certainly hope you enjoy this week's podcast episode. All right. Yep. I said it. Sun in. The spray that took the world by storm. I don't know if it actually took the world by storm, but it kind of seemed like it did. It was like magic in a bottle. Um, We all used it heavily when I was younger. It was a staple of any girl's beach bag for the summer. That and the tropical smelling tanning lotions in the little brown bottles. Remember those? Those were the good old days before we were keen on things like, I don't know, sun damage. And also before we were paying hundreds of dollars to get our hair highlighted. Ah, Yes, the good old days. Well, when we also ended up with brassy broken hair from too much sun in and burned peeling skin from sun exposure. I actually have really fond memories of my cousins and I, after being horribly sunburned, sitting together and like peeling each other's sunburned skin off, trying to get the biggest sheet of skin possible. (laughs) So disgusting when I say that out loud. But at the time, it was just like fascinating. And I know there's some of you out there that are probably like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I'm sure I grossed out the rest of you, all eight of you. (laughs) But in all seriousness, Sunin is still around. What? A quick Google search yielded thousands of good reviews for it. Amazon is selling it like hotcakes, you guys. I couldn't believe it. I literally didn't know they were still making it. I thought it was long gone, like a thing of the past. So since it's clearly still a big player in the market, let's at least, at least play devil's advocate here and dive into why it's so popular still, and then maybe what went wrong in past usages to give it such a bad rap. Cool? Okay. So first and foremost, I need to define a word here. I need to define what oxidation means for you or oxidative or oxidizing, any of those iterations of the word. Knowing this will make the rest of this episode make much more sense. So I'm going to put on my nerd hat for you for just a second. Stay with me here, folks. Without overloading you with too much sciency mumbo jumbo, I'm going to define it like this. Quite simply, oxidation is a chemical reaction. For the purpose of this podcast, I'll be focusing on things that can oxidize your hair. When we're talking about oxidation in your hair, that is a reaction that is altering your hair in some way. And even more specifically, things that can oxidize your hair in a way that changes the color of it, right? You still with me? Did I lose you? Okay, making sure you're still here. So one of the most common examples 
of a product that can oxidize your hair is hydrogen peroxide. It kind of has it built into the word there, so that's easy to remember, right? Um, I think it's pretty common knowledge mm. these days that peroxide plays a role in coloring your hair. And I'm going to take a second to turn the ringer off my phone here. So how do these things work in your hair to change your hair color? Well, the oxidation process in your hair literally looks like color pigments getting gobbled up and broken down by whatever oxidizing agent is present, like hydrogen peroxide. So I've described this in a past episode in regards to the developer in hair color, which is essentially varying strengths of hydrogen peroxide. Um, developer's job is to gobble up your melanin or your pigment in your hair while simultaneously reacting with whatever hair color is being used and kind of bringing it to life to perform its duty. If you want to know more about the process of hair coloring, check out episode number eight here on the podcast. Um, I just went through and numbered all the episodes for easy references. And I'm going to sidebar here for a second, just to let you know, um, if you noticed some notifications about episodes dropping that you already listened to, that's why, um, sometimes I'm technologically impaired. Sometimes I'm verbally impaired too. I can't even say technologically. There we go. Um, there have been, there may have been an easier way to do this, to go back and number my episodes, but I couldn't figure it out. So I had to manually go in and like alter each one. And I think a few of them republish themselves. So, um, my bad, my bad friends. And I apologize if you got like eight notifications for the same episodes that were already launched. So anyway, back to what we're talking about here. So what does all this oxidative talk have to do with sun-in? This is where it gets juicy. Sun-in is a trademarked product that became popular back in the 70s, actually. When I was doing some research for this episode, I was like, holy cow, I thought it was an 80s thing. Nope, it came out in the 70s. In the 70s, when bright and black... Oh my gosh, I cannot talk today, you guys. When bright and brassy blonde, say that three times fast, bright and brassy blonde was the preferred alternative to dark and mousy. People literally would rather have bright, brassy blonde than dark, mousy, like quote unquote dishwater blonde. Okay. But this product was also sold to um, this word. I love it so much. They call them brownettes instead of brunettes. We say brunette these days, but they called it literally brownettes, which I think is amazing. And I'm going to start using that word because it's so cute. Um, they sold it to brownettes as well as a way to brighten up their dark hair. It was sold as a mild and gentle alternative to harsh lightening products like hair bleaches, which I imagine back in the seventies, hair bleach was probably pretty darn harsh. So sun in is literally hydrogen peroxide in a bottle. There are some additional ingredients that vary based on whichever flavor you get things like conditioning agents to smooth your hair or like flower essences for yummy smells, but they all have that same active ingredient, hydrogen peroxide. Now the hydrogen peroxide in sun in is much weaker than the stuff that I use in the hair salon today. So the advertising for the product really wasn't lying, right? It's like a more gentle version of what you're doing in the hair salon. Okay. Sounds great, right? But just because it's a weaker, more gentle percentage of peroxide doesn't mean that it doesn't come without side effects, right? Wah, wah, wah. Side effects may include 
sound like a medication advertisement, but seriously, there are some unwanted side effects like brassy tones, hair breakage, and sensitive scalp. The biggest problem to contend with when you're spraying straight peroxide on your hair is the presence of underlying pigment. Do you know what that means? Have you ever struggled with unwanted brassiness in your hair? I know most of us have from time to time, or at least a little inkling of it. These unwanted brassy tones, whether they be orange, yellow, or red, are what we call your underlying pigment. They're always there. They're just usually tucked away behind a filter of sorts of your natural color. So you don't normally notice them. But when you break down your natural pigment, melanin, coloring, whatever you want to call that in your hair, your underlying pigment has a chance to shine. It lives deeper in your hair and takes longer to be beaten down or gobbled up by things like peroxide. So follow me here, friend. Okay, this is this is important. Oxidizing agents like hydrogen peroxide, they go in and they break down your natural pigment and in turn are lightening your hair because the pigment is being removed. But what's left behind is your natural underlying pigment, which tends to reflect some sort of brassy tone. For darker brunettes or brownettes, this may look like reddish tones. For medium to light brunettes, brownettes, it may expose some brassy or orangey tones. And then for lighter hair, it may expose some yellow tones. Basically, the darker you are, the more like dark red the underlying pigment is. And the lighter you are all the way to like a light blonde, it's the more yellow your underlying pigment is. There are actually charts you can find online to figure out at every level what the underlying pigment is. Super handy when you're a colorist like me, not super necessary when you're a client like you. So really all you have to understand is that Um, underlying pigments are going to be somewhat brassy, okay? And when I mean brassy, I mean warm-toned. So what you're left with is hair that is indeed lighter, but because your underlying pigment is exposed, it most likely is going to look brassier or warmer, okay? This is the really only a problem, it's really only a problem, when you slightly lighten your hair. If you go in and bleach the snot out of your hair and lighten it many, many shades, you break through those underlying pigments as well. You follow? Remember, sun-in was created in a time when bright and brassy was preferred to dark and mousy. So if you don't mind having a brighter, more golden look to your hair, this may not be a bad option. And if you're darker and more brunette or brownette, naturally, this may end up looking more like a chestnutty warm brown or a coppery medium brown. And this all sounds good until you realize the big downside of continued use of hydrogen peroxide on your hair. Okay, as hydrogen peroxide is eating away at your natural pigment on your hair, it's also eating away at the other parts of your hair too. Parts that make up the strength of your hair. So imagine continued use may result in a massive amount of hair breakage and ultimately something that we in the industry like to call a chemical haircut. <gasps> Dag nabbit. Now, this doesn't mean that sun-in 
is a terrible idea for everyone, right? Um, and that's mostly because we all have different hair types, textures, densities, and varying levels of stress that we put on our hair. For example, if you're someone that has naturally pretty thick, shiny, easy to manage hair, and you don't heat style and damage your hair regularly, you're probably not going to have any problems with a chemical haircut from sun in. But if you have fragile, sensitized, fine, or weak hair, it's probably not the best choice. So my advice here, friends, I just advise you to proceed with caution, but have fun with it. I mean, your hair really should be fun after all, right? But what if you're interested in the idea of a gentle, mild lightning product spray, like you think that sounds good, but you're not interested in using hydrogen peroxide specifically? Well, my friend, you are in luck. I did all the digging for you and came up with a short list of a natural, quote unquote, natural ingredients, even though, by the way, hydrogen peroxide is natural. Um, We're calling these ones natural because they're kind of more gentle. Um, These ingredients that can safely lighten your hair over time. And there are some products you can buy directly off the shelf that have these ingredients without the peroxide in them. Um, And I will list those at the end of this episode for you. So let's dive in. There were three main compounds that I kept finding in my searches that would come up as products that can lighten your hair, right? Some claims were supported with chemistry papers, while others were just theories. Um, But these three compounds had an enormous amount of anecdotal evidence supporting their ability to lighten hair. What I mean is there was a ton of people that were saying this worked for me and they had before and after photos. Um, and it was just such an overwhelming amount of people that I feel like it's not a fake. So these three magical sauces were chamomile tea, lemon juice, and honey. When I first started looking into these things that can quote unquote, naturally lighten hair, I was super skeptical. Um, but after reading about these, I'm pretty interested in trying them myself, or at the very least trying them on my daughter. She's already quite light, but her hair is starting to get darker the older she gets. And it could just be a fun thing to play with. I mean, I'm sure at some point I'm going to highlight her hair also, but she's only going to be eight this year. So, um, you know, using something like chamomile, lemon juice, and honey sounds way less detrimental than putting peroxide on her hair, you know? Okay, so let's look at chamomile tea first because I feel like this is the one I'd never heard of before, okay? Just doing a quick Google search yielded this blurb that caught my attention. I said, this medicinal plant has long been used for natural hair lightening thanks to its natural properties. Like, okay, what natural properties, you might ask? Chamomile contains three key components called apigen, quercetin, and azulene. Apigen and azulene work together to brighten the hair, while quercetin is the one that actually lightens the hair. So what I mean by brightening is it's giving your hair a little bit of a golden hue. Think of it as a stain, whereas the quercetin allegedly has the ability to actually lighten your hair. Quercetin has an enzyme that can limit the production of melanin, which is the pigment in your hair, um, which is the same thing that, you know, gives the color to your strands is what I'm trying to say, um, as well as your skin, by the way. Actually, melanin is responsible for all of that. And also, I'm just thinking of this, quercetin is supposed to be great at kicking COVID. 
um, if you've got it. I took it when I had COVID. I'm not sure if it did anything, but I was willing to try. And so this is like, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, I have quercetin in my cabinet. Um, so it's got me thinking, could I just crush up quercetin supplements and make a mixture that would lighten my hair? Huh. I'm gonna have to look into this more. Um, I'll let you know. I'll uh, report back if I try this or find any information on straight quercetin. So anyway, the general consensus for chamomile is that it's very gentle and it takes daily applications and weeks of use to see any change. Now, the way people were using this is they're literally brewing chamomile tea, like tea bags of chamomile or loose chamomile. And um, there were some people that said, if you boil the water and then put it in, it will like denature the things that can lighten your hair. So they don't suggest that instead doing like a cold brew overnight with the chamomile and then obviously straining it. So it's just the pure uh, liquid, no floaties. And then um, people were doing hair treatments with it, like putting a bag on their head and letting it sit for a little while, but it's basically water, right? So it just runs right off. Other people were doing like a bowl and they would dip their hair in it. And then um, still others were doing a spray bottle. To me, the spray bottle makes the most sense. And then there's also recommendations to sit outside in the sun after applying the product for more dramatic results but that's probably just because the sun lightens your hair anyway. That's just my opinion. Um, but I could see like the easiest way to use this would be to brew a tea, put it in a squirt bottle, spray it on your hair, and maybe go sit in the sun until your hair dries. And I also read that um, darker brownettes didn't notice any change with just chamomile. But the next two compounds I'm talking about had much more success stories for everyone, including you cute little brownettes. So let's talk about honey. Okay. Did you know that honey is a freaking magical substance? I mean, I always knew it was good for you. I consume local honey to try to combat my allergies all the time, but after reading up on it for this topic, I'm convinced it's pure magic. Did you know that ancient Egyptians used honey to make ointments to treat skin and eye wounds and diseases? It was like a natural band-aid. It's fascinating stuff. And that's all because of bees, which by the way, I'm allergic. <laughs> so I have conflicted thoughts here. No, I'm just kidding. I love honey. I just can't get stung. Um, bees have this special enzyme in their stomach called glucose oxidase. So that word ox again, oxidase, oxidation, kind of see where I'm going with this. So when the bees regurgitate the nectar from their mouths in the combs to make honey, this enzyme mixes with the nectar, breaking it down into two byproducts, gluconic acid and hydrogen peroxide. Yep, I said it, hydrogen peroxide. And now we all know what hydrogen peroxide does now, right? At least in regards to our hair. So you can see where I'm going with this. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna say that again to let it sink in, okay? Taking it in for myself here too. So honey has a mixture of the sugars from the nectar and bee spit. Gross, but cool. Those two things mixed together make this magical sauce that we know is honey, okay? And it has just enough hydrogen peroxide in it to inhibit any sort of bacterial growth, making honey have a super duper long shelf life. And when I read this, I was like, oh yeah, duh, I can have a jar of honey sitting on the shelf for like two years and it doesn't get rotten. Whereas if I took 
sugar water and put it on the shelf, it would grow mold and bacteria and get rotten. So I was like, wow, I never knew that's why honey was so shelf stable, but that's why. Um, so it also, also gives honey the natural ability to lighten your hair. So we're going to circle back around here. (laughs) And apparently that's been known for centuries. News to me. There's no doubt in anyone's mind about the ability for honey to lighten your hair. It's all over the internet, friends. Um, Mostly, it's just a question about how much it can lighten your hair. So it's a very, very low percentage of peroxide in the honey. Um, And that's because it's buffered by the sugars from the nectar in there. So it's super duper gentle. It can be more effective with sun exposure, heat application, or the addition of other ingredients known to lighten hair like lemon. And so now we're going to talk about the lemony hair hack here. Okay. So first we had chamomile, then we had honey. Now we're going to talk about lemon. This is one I feel like we've all heard of before too. You know, lemon juice sitting out in the sun, it's going to brighten your hair. So lemon juice contains citric acid and ascorbic acid, both of which are known to lighten and brighten hair color. It's science, There are studies, and I've seen it with my own eyes many times. And when you add sunlight exposure to the mix, it really gets those lightning juices flowing. Cool? The acid in lemon juice works in tandem with sunlight's UV rays to activate and accelerate the brightening process. Basically, sunlight accelerates everything, especially oxidation. So the oxidizing process chemically attacks and reduces the melanin. Remember, melanin is the pigment in our hair again. Therefore, the color visibly lightens. So once this happens and the hair is lightened, it's a permanent change. That goes with any of these. Anytime you lighten your hair and you gobble up melanin, it doesn't grow back. Okay, it's gone forever. And that also goes for coloring your hair in the salon. If you lighten your hair, it's not going to like fade back to dark. It just, it, there's no pigment there. It's been gobbled up. It's gone. So hair will not fade or darken unless it's color treated or, you know, it starts to grow out and you have dark roots growing in. Okay. Another fun fact about lemon juice, citric acid and ascorbic acid have the ability to significantly lighten artificial molecules in your hair too, artificial color molecules. And I um, say artificial, when I say that, I'm talking about like color that comes in a bottle. Okay. Think of like stubborn pink that was supposed to be temporary that's left behind or a weird leftover color that you'd like to get rid of. Those are artificial pigments left in your hair. So a dose of citric acid or ascorbic acid will easily blast through that hair color. I've used products that contain these ingredients many times to help break up old wanted, old unwanted artificial pigment. I've tried just crushing up vitamin C tablets into a powder and then mixing it with a shampoo. And I did see success, but it was a royal pain. I even have a mortar and a pestle. And even then it was just like, you have to smash up the tablets so fine into a powder or it's like a lumpy mess. In my opinion, it's much easier to just buy a product like one that Malibu C makes where the C in Malibu C literally stands for vitamin C. So it's like a prefabricated product that you just open up and put on your hair. Um, Much easier than trying to crush up vitamin C tablets. So these compounds also, they're magic, I swear, also have the ability to remove hard water buildup or chlorine buildup in your hair. Both of these things can make your hair color seem drab and dull and kind of off. 
So by adding something like lemon juice into the mix, you're potentially removing things that have built up on your hair, making your hair seem brighter. That all sounds really good, right? Like we should all be putting lemon juice on our heads all the time. But there are a few things you should know before going on a squeezing frenzy. Of course, it can't be all sunshine and rainbows here, folks. There are a few downsides to highlighting your hair with lemon juice. The acid in lemon juice combined with sun can degrade your hair's natural lipid. When I say lipid, that's a fat or an oil, and it's a layer, right? So your natural lipid layer which can lessen the hair's ability to hold essential moisture. Or to put it simply, it can dry out your hair strands, especially after repeated use, okay? So once you break through that fatty layer that kind of coats and protects your hair, your hair is way more exposed. So squeeze with caution, my friend. And now I bet you're wondering if you can mix all these together to get the most bang for your buck and maybe even sit in the sun with it. I see absolutely no problem with that. They're all considered very gentle and aren't going to make you go bleach blonde in one sitting. Just make sure to follow up with a good quality, rich conditioner, maybe even a treatment mask, something that will offer loads of hydration for those thirsty strands, those potentially thirsty strands, I should say, um, and something that's going to help replenish that lipid barrier, right? And one more thing to remember, keep this in mind, all of these natural options still have the possibility to expose your underlying pigments. So just be aware of that when you're using them. Now, if you're not into the DIY scene, but you want to try some natural alternatives to sun in, there are products you can buy out there that come in bottles ready to use. I'll list a few for you here and have links in the show notes. Okay. Um, now I searched for quite a while trying to find um, all these varieties for you. And really, I only came up with four companies that are making products that do not have peroxide in them, guaranteed, okay? So the first one is from a company called Chlorane or Chloran, and it's called Sun Lightening Spray. Now this one, I actually have a friend who's using this currently, and um, she's actually the one who inspired this entire podcast episode because she brought the product to me and was like, what is this crystal? And uh, now here I am. And she's using it on her daughter. It works fantastically. It smells really good. It does have conditioning agents in it as well. So any drying effects that you get from the lemon uh, will be mitigated by the conditioning agents in this product, okay? So that was the Chloran or Chlorane Sun Lightning Spray. Now the next three I'm going to uh, rattle off here, I have not used, I've not smelled, um, but they have great reviews. There's Flowerology Ultraviolet Vegan Blonde Spray mouthful and IGK summertime. Um, and then the last one here is from Oribe and it's called bright blonde sun lightening mist. Now Oribe and IGK are professional brands that I have used before, have experience with, and they work great typically. Um, so I would say if you could get one of those, I would try it. Now, what I did find in my searches too, are products out there that don't really say what they are in the bottle. Like they, they kind of portray themselves as naturally lightening your hair and they all contain chamomile, lemon, or honey, or some, um, version of that, but they also contain peroxide and they were stinking sneaky about it. They literally would write the chemical 
um, formula for hydrogen peroxide, which is H2O2, instead of writing out the words hydrogen peroxide. So I was like, you sneaky little buggers. So these brands are Sunbum, and it's their blonde hair lightener, Sun Touched, it's called hair lightener, and John Frieda Go Blonder. So those three companies have very similar ingredients. They have the more natural version um, or ingredients in them, but they also all contain hydrogen peroxide. Now, whether or not it's the same concentration of hydrogen peroxide as the traditional sun-in products, I'm not sure, um, but it's like the first ingredient. So I would assume it's a fairly high percentage, very similar to sun-in. And this last one I'm going to talk to you about is a company that I can't quite get a straight answer on, and I think it's because they have different formulas for different things. The company is called Camomila in Tea, and they have a variety of shampoos and conditioners and then spray-ins that are all geared towards different hair colors, and then also there's some for children. And I think the ones that are made for brunettes are containing hydrogen peroxide. And then the ones that are um, geared towards natural blondes and children do not contain peroxide, just the natural ingredients that I listed above. I wrote them an email. I have not heard back from them yet, so I cannot confirm that, but I feel like they're one that's like on the fence and the rest of their ingredients seem very hippy dippy. So I would probably trust that it would be a very low volume peroxide if it did have it in there, or um, maybe doesn't have it at all. And that concludes my list. It's a mouthful whew, of all the different ways you can spray and play to lighten your hair, my friends. I hope this episode was helpful for you, and it was kind of an all-in-one here, right? I had the topic and the product all wrapped together, so I didn't have to transition into a product of the week. Um, but regardless, I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that you have fun playing in the sun while it lasts. And if you do try any of these products, I would absolutely love to hear feedback, um, in which case I'm going to direct you to uh, email me at info at yourhairmentor.com. Com. I finally got my professional stuff all up and running so you don't have to email me at Gmail anymore. I feel legit. That was info at yourhairmentor.com. And uh, stay well, stay happy, and have a great hair day, my friends. And I will see you next time. Okay, bye. Hey, friend. Crystal here. And I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. 
You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.